now this this has uh, kind of evolved into one of the defining characteristics of, of this particular therapy. You know, the third eye was always part of the induction right from the beginning when I was developing the system by working on myself and third eye was is a yoga principle of course and focusing on the third eye is something that I learned you know early on and I noticed that it had to do with evoking witnessing consciousness or that sense of you know the higher self so I, I included it in the process and it seemed to it seemed to have a a very relevant place in the work I was doing on myself. So that's that's how I started using it. Uh, but then I uh, and I started using it during the session, not only in the induction, which is where I was using it originally. And it seems seems to work. Uh, it seems that it, it does have those qualities: integrating left right brain helping to drop the resistance that keeps feelings suppressed. So I've been using it and it seems to work and I've been teaching it and I would uh, advise you to use it also. Uh, was I having success before I started using the third eye? Uh, yes, I, I was. But it's another kind of uh, interesting technique. And uh, I, I've done it with clients with whom I wasn't doing it when I was first starting it. And they, and they seemed to think that it was more effective. So that encouraged me just to keep using it. And, and I use it with clients now. So the way I use it is uh, pretty much the way that they would use it in EMDR. I, I feel it's more effective than the EMDR technique. I feel, feel like it's more primary and they're just kind of on the fringes of what the activating the third eye directly does. But as you're, as you're staying with a feeling, after you get the feeling, and you're in the processing mode, whether it's an emotion, whether it's a first level emotion or a core feeling, you're in processing mode, one of the things you can do is to go up to the third eye at intervals to help facilitate the integrating process. So you would look up into the third eye. You're actually doing the same thing that you do in the uh, induction. And it's good that we do, in, do it in the induction because they've already done it. They're familiar with it. It's not something new. They don't, don't have to think about it too much. You stay with the feeling, you keep the feeling present, and you look up in the third eye, and you keep breathing, which is sometimes easy to forget because you're doing a couple things already. As you look up, you just, uh, it's just mechanical. You don't really have to, you know, be thinking about something except to be in the witnessing state. It's the mechanical movement of looking up in the third eye. Maybe it's similar to what, uh, in, in a general way, to what the Kundalini Yoga 
people are doing, you know, but they have a lot of different mudras and so on. Maybe this is our mudra, if you want to call it that, that we use to uh, bring it to an energy level, chakra energetic experience. Yes, John, in Kundalini we used a lot with the third eye and the breathing, um, but we never ever went into feelings. You just didn't ever uh, go into that feeling place. Uh-huh. Oh, that's, and, okay, that's interesting. And that was, I mean, that's all right, uh, but for me... Um, I would I would bring feelings into it um, because I just liked that part of it. I just felt that feeling was part of it. But um, that's how it differs. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, okay. Good. That's interesting. So so uh, it it does se certainly seem to work on a feeling level as well, on an emotional level as well. So so and that's and that's where we're using it. So it's it's pretty simple. You just say, you know, you're with the feeling. Okay, you're with the feeling. Let's uh, go up to the third eye now as you stay with the feeling. Look up. Strain your eyes gently as you're looking up. Keep breathing. Keep your body relaxed. Uh, one of the things people commonly have trouble with is when they look up in the third eye, they tend to lose the feeling. But people need to practice a little bit. So if, if they say, I lose the feeling, you can just say, uh, just keep trying. It's a skill that you'll acquire, being able to stay with the feeling and looking up. And you can also say, lift the feeling to the third eye, which is very interesting. And it does seem to have a kind of a inner uh, um, reality. The feeling does seem to go up there. It's a little easier to stay with them both. That may be a, a kind of an advanced use of the third eye. It's, it's another alternative, at least. So the feeling is in the third eye. They're focusing on it, breathing into it, and that would be considered one of the optimal states of processing, along with being in the moment and experiencing the feeling as an energy. That's probably the primary optimal state of processing. A lot was coming up through the session that I was having to really contain. And so as soon as I um, left the session, I just had a meditation to release it. And when I release energy, I, I feel it coming up and then I release it through my head by shaking. Mm -hmm. Generally, generally that's what happens. Uh -huh. But um, it just didn't stop. And I had um, a 12-hour release really and it was um I couldn't eat I was nauseous it was violent it was um so I was it was going through my chakras so a lot in my um my second chakra and my solar um plexus chakra um and it was just it was incredibly intense and what started I channeled energy through here through the base of my skull and it this isn't abnormal for me. It, it directs my head. So much like muscle testing, I can be directed to get a yes or a, a very strong callback no. Um, 
but this time it was moving my head into all sorts of incredibly technical positions and then I'd get a push of energy it's clearing blocks in the base of my spine and my neck and then when I feel it and hear it clear I'll get this wave of release and nausea and um oh it was it was pretty I felt I guess I did feel unsafe at times um because it was just so new and I have never ever heard of anything like this before but this is the mind-blowing part and I just I just ask you to believe me that I am now suddenly able to do yoga that I have never been able to do before. It is incredibly technical. My hands are put. I am absolutely directed to move in all of these ways that I didn't even know were possible. Sounds amazing. I don't know what to make of it, John. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like spontaneous, uh, energetic, guided by the higher self. Definitely, definitely. Um, this this was one of the things that uh, they used to emphasize when I was at Kripalu, uh, that the body takes over and directs itself into positions that it needs to have to... Uh, effect energetic release so that that's exactly sounds like what's happening I, I guess it can be a little disturbing or uncomfortable or maybe confusing when it first starts like yeah. you're reporting but but it certainly sounds like uh, deep energetic clearing is spontaneously happening yeah it's definitely clearing so, yeah so uh, sounds super the next question I would ask is, are you getting specific feelings or emotions coming up? Um, there were in that first one, that massive session. And then over the last few days, I, well, I sat down to do a meditation and suddenly I just had to be in downward facing dog. And then as soon as I, so I spread my mat, as soon as I was in downward facing dog, I was pushed into child's pose and then it just rolled into this two hour movement session and no feelings were coming up it was just this movement this stretching this and then I uh, sat down yesterday just to do to try and meditate to get back to a kind of a meditation that I generally do Um, and emotions did come up I had um, I had you know disapproval and shock a lot of shock from a past life and yeah yeah, I get quite strong visions, um, and I can, I can I get stories played about past lives or, or mm. um, alternative lives anyway. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so some some feelings are definitely um, are more aware of them now. I feel like I've been releasing them on a very physical level. Um, yesterday, when disapproval came up. Um, and I think it was even getting towards hate that felt very core, very deep. Right. I think maybe now that the, some unblocking's happening that I can reach them, if that makes sense. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I always feel that I have the complete spectrum of all the feelings, positive and negative, in me. And I've mm-hmm. gone through them all. Don't be intimidated or self-judging. 
Mm. When you discover anything, like, you know, I think hatred is like one of the huge things that's there, but it, it's all in there. And, uh, you know, it sounds like a beautiful experience you're having. So sounds great. But yeah, spontaneous movement, but that's a sign that the energy prana takes over. The prana directs your body mm. into these different postures that are, you know, helpful to do just what you're describing. It's made me believe even more now how important it is to have have a, a body practice like that. It's just, just yeah. so obvious to me now that that is we have to release energy in that way too. You know, it's 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 part of it. Yeah, yeah, and and when you're doing like we, we used to do rebirthing or holotropic breathing, and you get to a point where the breath would seem to take over, mm. and you're being breathed rather than breathing. So it's the same kind of thing. Some energy, higher force, higher self is taking over and directing the prana. I was just over just reading the book and I'm trying to just kind of synthesize the main kind of points and ideas of, of um, what it's based, what uh, emotional clearing is based on. And I, I guess a big question for me was um, thoughts. When our thoughts like you're supposed to feel, it's good to feel your feelings. It's good to allow and accept and feel them. But mm -hmm. thoughts are something that you're okay with when they come up. Just re retracking. Not you don't have to necessarily entertain those. Correct. Yeah, it generally we distinguish between thoughts and emotions, and you always or emotions and feelings. And the object in this work is to always get to the emotions and feelings and put thoughts aside. Now, there can be all kinds of thoughts. Would you want to be more specific about what kinds of thoughts you're referring to? Um, I would guess maybe any thoughts that would be self-defeating or would be ne considered negative or self-rejecting. Um, those would be something where you wouldn't have to necessarily entertain them because there's nothing to feel their thoughts. And I just want to make sure I'm getting that correct because I've been trying to actually, in my daily life, not just formally, but also throughout the day, like really be in tune with my emotions and allow myself to, to feel them. But I'm getting confused as to sometimes, is this a thought or is it a feeling? Should I allow it? Or should I say, you know, no, I don't need to go there? Um, well, like you said, uh, a thought that I'm not good enough, right? That was one of the things you mentioned. So I would say that's a feeling. You know, always go to a feeling level if you can, immediately. Mm -hmm. So if you think that you're thinking, I'm not good enough, it sounds like the feeling is coming up and making itself known and you're perceiving it or interpreting it as a thought. So I would say go to the feeling. Yeah, that's a feeling. Okay. Like I'm going to train yourself to always go, like you're going from the head, left brain, into the body, right brain. That's always the direction you want to go. So when you're going into the body, you tie into that feeling 
of not being good enough. But like, look at the range of thoughts that you can have. So you're sitting there meditating. Let's let's say, let's call it a thought. I'm not good enough. Or there's the thought of, what am I going to have for lunch? Or there's the thought of, I have to get even with this person. Let's just say we have these three types of thoughts for now. Mm-hmm. So what am I going to have for lunch is just the mind wandering, has no emotional significance. And those kinds of thoughts come up a lot when you're trying to meditate. So you just put that aside. Recognize that that's the mind just not being able to concentrate at this point. Now, if you get a thought of I need to get even, that's a different kind of thought, but that's also an emotion, reactive emotional impulse. You don't want to entertain that either because that's not really a core feeling or not even a first-level emotional feeling. That's something you want to do. You're, You're experiencing an impulse to make the feeling better. So you, let's say you have an impulse to do something, or you have an impulse to go to an addictive substance. You can call that a thought, you know? This whole range of impulses and thoughts and reactive impulses. But you always want to go to the feeling behind it. Okay, thank you. And I guess so that would be then all, all thoughts have feelings underneath it. Well, if, if, it's, if it's that kind of a thought, but, you, can, but okay. you can't have thoughts that, that don't have feelings, that they're just okay. like, what am I going to have for lunch? That, right. Okay. Maybe, 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 there, maybe there's emotional neediness behind that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> Could uh, be. Okay. But, uh, All right. Thank you. But you just, you know, you look to see, is there, is there a feeling behind it? Because this takes it onto a level that you're not going to find hardly any place else in any other kind of psychology. And I've found it to be really, really holed up in practice. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm pleased to be able to share it with you. Three types of emotional feelings. It says first level feelings. It really should be first level emotions because the first level are usually the emotions as we've been discussing and they're to be distinguished from the core feelings and then there's the reactive emotional impulse which is something for you to really be on your toes about so whenever you're working with uh, a client or on yourself you should always be be asking what kind of feeling is this you know, where am I on the feeling level? And that um, dictates the kind of strategy you're going to be following. So, uh, for example, I, in, uh, in my new book, which is actually coming out next month, I, I do a lot of case studies. And I had a case study with a, uh, a young man who broke up with his girlfriend and then found himself drifting into a uh, severe porn addiction and that's why he came to see me this is a couple years ago now so that's his presenting problem porn issue i'm addicted to porn so okay so tell me how do you work with that 
Um, yeah, I would, I would say that the sort of the, the porn, the, the porn addiction is the kind of surface level acting out. Yeah, so I would, um, I, I guess, um, I would want to uh, see, think about what what he's avoiding, what he's avoiding by um, by by being addicted to porn. Right, right. Um, what feelings he's avoiding. Right, that's exactly it. So, uh-huh. so we're not we're not processing the sexual impulse. We're not saying stay with that sexual impulse, you know, and witness it. Although that's not unhelpful. That's a helpful strategy. In fact, that might be the beginning place. You start with the. Um, I mean, this is such a uh, strong reactive emotional impulse. I'm calling it a reactive emotional impulse, the porn addiction, you know, uh, sexual um, compulsiveness. Uh, you, could, you could do some training in terms of let's witness that impulse instead of being, uh, you know, drawn into it. But you want to quickly move beyond that into, okay, well, what are the more valid feelings that are being avoided that's behind this so it turns out he, you know he broke up with his girlfriend and he was just feeling heartbroken and rejected and abandoned and those are the feelings those are the core feelings and maybe the first level emotions would be sadness and anger at his girlfriend and then the core feelings were the abandonment the rejection so all we did most of our work was working with uh, rejection and abandonment, the core feelings. And then the porn addiction just evaporated after, I think, just eight weeks of work. Okay, so uh, somebody comes to you and they're feeling vindictive because they've been hurt. Well, you don't want to necessarily spend a lot of time with that. You want to go to the feeling behind the vindictiveness. Although suggesting that you witness and detach from the vindic- vindictiveness, the impulse to hurt, is a good strategy as well.